Welcome to Breaking Big, where we interview people about their careers in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Aaron Newmeyer. Everyone here at Thunder Tally Media is so excited to announce that we are being featured on the Hoo Ha Ha app under the podcast we love section. If you haven't already, go check out the hoohaha.com website. There's so much great content there. And now I'd like to welcome you to Breaking Big. This is the one with Jessica Reddish. Jessica is an award-winning director, writer, and choreographer. She's currently in USC's School of Cinematic Arts in the MFA program. She has worked with the Smashing Pumpkins and created choreography for their international tour. Her short films, The Last Croissant and Airway, both hysterically funny, have won Best Director and Best Comedy Awards. She is almost always compulsively working, so it's no surprise that she's in post on another comedy called Cat that we will definitely talk about later. And she just finished the Oscar qualifying short Exit Pursued by a Bear, a musical film which she wrote, directed, choreographed, and co-wrote lyrics with composer Michael Mahler. And her work has been described as hilariously twisted. And I definitely agree. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I am so thrilled that you're here today. When we first started talking about this, you sent me your demo reel. And even though I had known you for a while, I hadn't actually seen it. I want to show the demo reel to everybody because I really think like this is how a really awesome demo reel is done. For those of you that are only in like listen mode right now, um, you can actually go watch her demo reel. It's on her website, uh, which will be posted in the show notes. So you can go check that out. Flight attendants, prepare for takeoff. So, um, came home again. Pretty late last night. Please don't take my baby. I will kill you. Where are you going? Hmm? Oh, Rome. Cool. I hope we make it. <laughs> the reel actually goes on a little bit longer, but um, I feel like that really gives a nice flavor of your work because you've managed to combine all this great dance choreography with these little clips from your short films, which I love. So yeah, and the music, the music's really great. Thank you. You know, you've got this great background. Uh, I think you went to Northwestern in Chicago for musical theater. Yes. How did you get there? Like, how did you decide to go to musical theater? You know, give me a little bit of your backstory. Sure. Well, I grew up watching movie musicals like Annie and Little Shop of Horrors, and I always wanted to recreate them. So Chicago is a great theater town and I also grew up going to see musical theater and uh, Northwestern had a really great program, still does, very famous theater program and really excellent musical theater. I was very fortunate to get in and uh, got into the musical theater certificate program and that's where I really started choreographing. So did you kind of grow up a dancer? I did. I I danced around my room a lot. Uh, So uh, I, I danced to Whitney Houston and Madonna and then... Once I discovered Little Shop of Horrors and there were there were stories with 
this exciting music, that's really when I knew I what I was going to do for the rest. How of my old life. were you when you got into Little Shop of Horrors? Seven. <laughs> it's just been. It's just been. It's like that's pretty years. dark for a seven-year-old. <laughs> Yes, well, that's another conversation. No, <laughs> I know. I remember watching that, and you know, because it felt so like campy and light. Like I think I watched the black and white version that I was just like horrified. That's right in it the is. name, you know. It is. It is. You know, a lot of my friends, you know, were like scared of their toilets for a long time because of Audrey. <laughs> I was one of those right, right. It's horrifying, but it's so well done. It's so well done, and the music is so good. And you know, Frank Oz's genius was that he had these three dancing women, you know, connecting all of it. And that's that was my way in. Was was and that was his way into the movie. I, I later learned, you know, was was these very performative sassy women like really commenting on the action and and I love their their movements and I just thought they were so cool and that that was really it was more that aspect than than the the horror part of it but there's a dark twist to to the whole the whole story and that's <laughs> I can't say that's not in my aesthetic now <laughs> yeah yeah you blend the two together really really well so Thank your you. plan was then maybe to go to Broadway or you know no oh. <laughs> I really loved Chicago musical theater and I, that was always the dream. And when I started working in Chicago musical theater, I thought, wow, I've, I've made it. This is it. And I really loved it. And I ran a theater company and we had very successful musicals. And, and then I kind of felt like, okay, well, what's next? And, you know, I didn't really know what Broadway was like growing up. Like I always thought it was like one stage where like, (laughs) Where like things would rotate, like Annie was on Broadway and then it was someone else's turn. But no, I I never really saw it growing up. So it was really the the movie musicals that really got me hooked and seeing the live work in Chicago. So I really feel like I achieved a lot of my dreams in theater. And look, like I wouldn't turn down Broadway right now. I did a lot of work in New York off Broadway on a very dark musical called Adding Machine, directed by David Cromer, who's a wonderful director, just directed uh, the band's visit on Broadway and won a Tony for it. So um, uh, I've also, you know, um, assisted and, and studied with Michael Greif, who's the director of Rent and uh, Grey Gardens and Dear Evan Hansen. And these have been my big theatrical influences. But um, but yeah, you know, I'm talking to people about choreographing there. It's it'll happen. But I, I get the chills at Sony, the old MGM. <laughs> I, get, I get the chills at Warner Brothers. You know, that's that's where it is for me, you know. That's what's getting you excited now. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. You know, it's funny that um, mm-hmm. the band's visit, I I literally was just talking about somebody that just went and saw that show in New York and was like, it's so amazing. Yeah, really cool. So you've been in Chicago and you were in New York. And then like, when did you come to LA? Sure, I moved here in 2017. My first major gig was choreographing for the Smashing Pumpkins tour. Uh, I had actually met Billy Corgan, the Smashing Pumpkins frontman in Highland Park outside Chicago, where my my theater was. And I actually got him to write his first short musical and I choreographed it and it was kind of cool <laughs> and wild. So um, and he he ran and still runs a tea shop called Madame Zuzu's there. And so we we met through that and it was it was a great opportunity out here. It was a great first big gig. I worked with the most amazing dancers I still work with just a couple of weeks ago. So um, it was a really fun first first gig. So when you choreograph for a tour, then like, do you go on the tour for some parts of it or? I got to choreograph for this Jumbotron that played these big stadiums. So we got it in the can, basically, you know, in a studio in Burbank. And then it went all around the world. And it was really cool because I would get messages on Instagram from people in London, um, 
you know, people all over the country who would say, I love this dance you made. It moved me. Someone wrote an essay about one of, you know, I have fan art. I have, you know, these vintage uh-huh. pictures someone sent me. I mean, my whole, it was, the, the fans were amazing. I just found them so supportive and wonderful. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. It's like now you're the topic of somebody's middle school essay, you know, <laughs> you know or college, adult. whatever. Yeah. It's an adult, God bless. But like, like <laughs> we moved her and she wanted to write. I just, I thought it was so beautiful. So that's so, so funny. It was like that's I, funny I, and like flattering. Very cool. It is. I like, it was like I went, but I didn't have to go. I just like sat here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're obviously very funny. Um, I keep telling myself, stop laughing. I hate when people laugh over uh, the other person in the podcast, but, um, I'll try to say, right. right. I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> when did you actually kind of make the jump into then writing for film? Okay. So I started writing for theater cause it's what I knew. And I made this play and I developed it at a really cool barn theater in Maine. And I thought it was really serious. Like I was speaking my truth, my opus, you know, the way to really test a a piece of writing is to show it to people who don't know you because your friends or your family are going to say, this is great, you know, usually. But in Maine, I didn't know anybody and people were cracking up at my writing that I thought was very, very serious. Like, you need to be a comedy writer. That was so funny. And I was like, oh, my God, I guess that's my way in, you know, it's like I write what I think is pretty serious and then other people laugh. So uh, finally I got out here. I was doing music videos in New York and it was gonna kind of do that here. And then and then realized, you know, narrative is, is what I really always was into. It's what I was doing in theater. All theater is narrative, right? So most, and and so I just said, all right, let's let's pivot to, let's just focus on, on the comedy directing and, um, I had always had this idea for a short film called The Last Croissant. And it was, I just saw a woman punching out a man in front of her for The Last Croissant because, you know, I've stood in the Starbucks line like multiple times and it's this animal. I would never do it, of course, but, you know, you wonder. So I finally made it. I made it in November of 2019 with a DP I had met on a plane. I was gigging, choreographing on both coasts. I was in DC choreographing a play and, and I was here doing digital shorts and um, commercials and I was traveling and I met this DP and he said, oh, I'm in DC. I want to do more creative stuff because he had like a video day job, which was cool. And he had all the equipment and and I just, he said, I told him the idea and we started planning 35,000 feet in the air. I signed on to the Wi-Fi and we found the location and two days later we had a cast and I shot it at a coffee shop in Tacoma Park, Maryland. And fast forward January, 2020, it was featured on Funny or Die. It really launched me. It's been all over the world. That's That's been what really changed my life was just going for it. Yeah, I, I actually was going to ask you, like, how did you get the idea for that? Because of course, we've all been standing there going like, oh my gosh, there's only one pumpkin scone left. <laughs> like, What's going on? You know, are there more in the freezer? We you know. Yeah. Who's going <laughs> to yeah. get it? And like, what else do I get if I don't get that? Yeah, exactly. It's like, (laughs) and the actress that you have in that, she's so expressive, like really, really well cast. (laughs) So funny. She's she's amazing. Her name's Jenna Rossman. And uh, we met 
you know, on set, I cast her via the male actor, True Copas, who's in it. And he was in the play I was working on. And I said, do you know any funny women? And he just gave me this like smorgasbord of like amazing. He gave me links to their their work, these amazing women. And they all showed up and did it. And, you know, everyone from Jenna to the barista is just like a top notch, like DC mm-hmm. actress. And they, they were amazing. So yeah, that's that's the story there. Oh, wait, I think we might have a clip for it uh, for The Last Croissant. If after you see this clip, you want to watch it on her website, you can watch the whole thing. That's such a great teaser trailer. Really nice. Definitely gives you the flavor of that piece. It's so funny. And like you get her little interior monologue going and it's really well shot. I'm so impressed that you guys pulled that together in like days. I know, you know, it's just sort of a testament to just, just do the thing. You know, we are in the digital age and if you have the resources, you have the people and sort of the gumption to do it, you you can, you know, it's, it's all available now. So, so did you just rent out the coffee shop then or? I literally, I went to them and I said, hey, I have a short film. I'm, a, I'm an up and coming filmmaker in LA, but I'm here and can I use your space? And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. And I just bought a vegan soup and I tipped <laughs> them and I left. And they said, oh, we don't, you know, we close at X amount of time, whatever at this moment. And I was like, all right, can I compensate someone to stay later? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, done. See, this is where I think it really like benefited you to not be in L.A., you know, because like every space in L.A. is like rentable for five grand, you know, like. This is sort of the, the secret is if you can work out of town and you can get the production quality that you could get here and do it somewhere else where not everyone's a filmmaker. That is a huge advantage. Huge advantage with Tacoma Beverage Co. Shout out to them. You know, there's an exchange you can, you know, make. I said, you know, I'll put your logo in the credits and I'll tag you guys in all my posts. And I have, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I, I still tag them to this day because I'm so grateful that they opened up their space to us. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. Space. Like that. I mean, that's great. That's great that you were able to like work something out with them. We've also had some things where I was working on another project and uh, it's like having a contract, like especially if you're in a space, it's so important now because, uh, I mean, things can go wrong, you know, so it's like, it's, it's definitely very expensive to do everything in Los Angeles. That's for it sure. is. It is because I remember when I first moved here, I tried to go get a hard drive at Staples and they were out. And I went, oh, I see what's going yeah. on here. Like, everyone's a filmmaker. And even if yeah. they're not, they are, you know. You can't swing a stick. That's what my dad always used to say. Like, you can't swing yeah. a stick without hitting an actor in L.A. <laughs> you know, and that's what's sort of exciting about this town is, you know, everyone's on a very similar journey. And also sometimes the challenge is that everyone's on a similar journey, you know. So, but I love being here. Yeah, I do too. I, lo- I love it here. I, like, it's definitely my home now for sure. You have managed to actually pull together some other really cool things like your other project. We don't have a clip of this one, but um, it's called Airway. And I don't remember if I saw it at a festival or something. It was so funny. I mean, I was dying. It was so funny. And you actually filmed it inside like, you know, a prop airplane on a set, I think. Yes. So um, how did like how do you manage like the best looking locations? It's fantastic. 
Thank you. Well, you know, mise en scène is important. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of it's it's a lot of what happens in the frame, you know. So uh, that was shot at a place called Air Hollywood, and they were awesome. And you know, it was one of those things where I got the shooting time down to not even a full day, and I reached out and I asked and I said, you know, can we? You know, you can always ask. I paid for the space and everything, but they were they were very good to us and very cool. And later I found, I think that's where Airplane had been filmed and that I love that movie so much. And uh, we had like a half day shoot, gathered all sorts of wonderful talent. Again, like A plus talent was, you know, doing one liners and background for me. It was it was just great. Um, and I had a great crew on that, you know, a great DP and grips and everything. And that that film has done pretty well. So you packed a lot into a really short time, like, you know, because it's just like there's some off the wall stuff like you have to pay attention to what's going on in the foreground, what's going on in the background, you know, like, right. you packed a lot in. And uh, I think there might even be a, like a moment or two from it in your reel if people want to yes. uh, look hard for it. It's in there. But um, I think uh, you said that this is actually going to be released on like some video on demand platforms or yes. something coming up in December. Yes, it is. Uh, so it's going to be on a streaming platform. Stand by for that info and stay tuned. <laughs> and it will also be on VOD um, come December. So, yeah. One of the things I noticed a lot about your work is the way that you were able to really, you know, kind of make a name for yourself with comedy. So do you think comedy writing is the way in for women or? Sure. I mean, I think everybody should write what they want to express, you know, and if and if comedy is your medium, I do think it's a great way and space for women to express ourselves. For me in particular, it's a way to sort of explore neuroses and sort of break through stereotypes of how we're portrayed often. And, you know, for me, it's about creating a reality and, and showing truths that I don't think are seen elsewhere. And I think in doing so, the feedback I get is your work is so relatable, men and women, which is kind of cool because I think... I'm able to capture like a sense of honesty about the way we and people behave. I'm not afraid to kind of say it, you know, and uh, it's been it's been a great way to to develop my voice. Um, I make a lot of films about the sort of absurdity of of our station as women, you know, in a world that doesn't always necessarily support us. I wouldn't say my films are necessarily about women. They always have women in them. You know, I, every time someone's like, what's a log line? I say, it's about a woman who, and I find, I find myself saying that a lot. And that's just, that's just who I am. So, but well, I mean, been, I think it's only fair, right? I mean, it used to just be guys would just be like, well, I wrote about a hero guy because I'm a guy, you know, <laughs> so like, it's, it's fair. Know. We're supposed to write what we know. <laughs> That's sort of how I how I vibe it. So yeah, that's. Uh, but it's great that Hoo Ha Ha's featuring this. Uh, yeah, I've had my work. Yeah, I love before. them. They're, They're great. so great. They They're do great. so many things. I mean, just like heads up, people there. If you're in, if you're doing any comedy writing or anything, they're constantly having little contests or opportunities to have your work featured on their site. They let you post collabs so that you can like uh, get people to work on your projects, and it's great. It's a solid. It's a solid site and a really nice community of people. Yes, I loved it. So. Like you've gotten to work with some pretty cool people like on um, this exit pursued by a bear, which um, for those of you who don't know, is actually a famous Shakespeare line from like uh, the Winter's Tale. It's when uh, it's at the end of act three when um, Antigonus is like exits chased by a like, pursued by a bear. Right. <laughs> like, and we assume he dies. 
you know, at that, that time, um, which was interesting because uh, I guess back in the day in London, they used to just like have a lot of bears like tied up around the city and stuff. <laughs> so it's fun it's, fact for you. One way to go. Your, I assume your film's not about a bear attack. So <laughs> what is it about? Medium. So it was inspired by a bear that was in my neighborhood in Eagle Rock oh. uh, in Los Angeles for three months. Uh, and and we actually named it the Eagle Rock Bear. It was sort of trolling around the neighborhood. And uh, Exit Pursued by a Bear is about a feisty Angelino named Jen who attempts to trap the bear because Gavin Newsom says in the film that we're going to go back into lockdown if we don't find this bear in the next 24 hours. She's so tired of lockdown that, you know, she's willing to go at it herself. And and so the film to me is is about sort of humility in, in the face of nature and realizing this isn't up to us, you know. We have some stills from the show. Sure. Maybe you could talk about yeah. them a little bit, like, because um, it's a musical. It is a musical. From these dancers and dancing through the neighborhood. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there is uh, my lead actress, Laura Shine, and uh, we go way back and wonderful ensemble of folks. Um, this is right after they decide to uh, all go catch the bear. They're all going to find find the bear together. And so they dance and sing about it for a little bit and and plan on it. This is when they're <laughs> calling Fish and Game. And uh, Fish and Game says, if you're calling about the bear, press one if it's in front of you. Otherwise, piss the hell off. <laughs> so, so this is why they're, they're kind of all looking for the people listening. It's yes. just a bunch of people crowded around an iPhone. <laughs> exactly. And this is... Uh, this is Laura Shine. She's waking up and she says it's the second week after my second vaccine. I can't believe that I can come out of quarantine. So she thinks this is going to be the best day ever. And <laughs> Which she, you can kind of tell because, you know, she's got hearts on her bedding. And like, yeah. I really like the black and white elements, like the sheets and stuff. It's really bright and like. Thank you. And there is <laughs> and there is our our poster. And so, yes, there are there are singing, talking bears in the in the project. Oh my gosh, really? So this is yes. like uh, somebody in a bear costume, your, your poster. I like how it's like right outside the door, but it's yes. just kind of like waiting. Yes. <laughs> you know, and this is sort of based, it is based on truth. It's like, and it, it happened like the second week after my second vaccine, I was ready to go. And then there was a bear in my neighborhood. It was one more thing to be scared of, you know? And um, <laughs> and so, uh, so, yeah, it was around, you know, and you just didn't know. But now bears, I mean, they are called food habituated bears. There's like Hank the Tank, which turns out to be three different bears in California. <laughs> and they just, they need food and they don't care. They're not scared. They're in people's pools. They're well, I love it. And I cannot wait to see that film. When When is that coming out? So it's at Raindance uh, Film Festival right now, which uh, is available online, I believe, through November 5th. And then I'm going with it to Ojai Film Festival this weekend. Um, and I believe it'll oh, be wow. streaming online um, through Ojai Film Festival's website through the end of, of the month or so. Can I just say how much I love that these um, film festivals are doing these streaming? Like, it's great that you can't get to the film festival, but you can still watch. I mean, especially um, last year, I think for Sundance, I had like a whole thing where you could pay just a fee to just watch just the short film segments. But I think if you were going to watch the longer ones, you had to buy like tickets ahead of time for each certain one. So, right. So, yeah. So this is so cool. I love that Raindance is doing that and uh, the Ohio Film Festival. Very cool. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And I think it's sort of the future, you know, is, is, is I think during the pandemic, they realized they could they could have a bigger reach, like all, all festivals. And so, it's, yeah, they it's were like, crazy. what? We can sell tickets for even more people. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Genius. You know? 
it's genius. Yeah. Um, I know you're working on another project. I mean, oh my goodness. Talk about busy lady, right? I just filmed uh, a short film called Cat about a woman who signs up for a dating coaching service in search of her soulmate and ends up marrying a cat. I filmed it in July of this year and currently in post. And we're going to be doing a crowdfunding for it for post-production come uh, January of next year. I think I have a couple of pictures from this film too. And um, I was lucky enough to come work on set with you on one day. Uh, I did like some of behind the scenes shots for you, but I love this. I love this picture. I I think she's just looking over the top of her computer screen, right? Your main actress. That's it. Yeah. And she's getting, you know, she's allured by this dating coach thinking she may sign up for it and considering because the dating coach is really speaking to her. And that's uh, our lead actress, Jodi Bentley, again, um, actually wrote it for her. So it was so cool that she got to actually do it. Um, she is on a date with uh, she, she's on a date with with a guy who she's going to ask certain things of. And that's what she's doing here uh, to sort of test him because the dating coach has her sort of test the guy she's with and see if he's willing to do certain things um, that will lead him to the dating coach's actual goal and that's just the reverse shot clayton ferris great actor also wrote this role for him um, it looks like he's totally into it too like whatever yeah. this is whatever's coming he's, <laughs> he's into it <laughs> he's totally down you know and nice guy an accountant and who took an improv class and so his line is always yes and you know i'm willing to <laughs> it's just so nice. <laughs> that's, that's so perfect i love it i love this idea um so i cannot wait to see the final because um i know that you had some pretty talented people behind the scenes like you know working on the design so we had a huge team and um yeah it's Mm -hmm. we had sfx going um and multiple hands on deck to make it happen it was it was a wonderful team yeah plus i think you guys were shooting on like re cameras or something yes we we really had uh we had some amazing support from um airy and uh yeah airy sponsored us and roscoe uh lights where i'm an ambassador zeiss lenses canon as well for some of our still photography that uh, will appear uh, throughout the film. And um, Cinelise was wonderful and really, really helped us out. So oh, yeah. they're great yeah. across the board. I've definitely worked with them before. They're fantastic. Yeah. So we had this nice sort of coming together of, of resources and a really great crew. So I'm really excited to uh, to finish it up and share it with the world. Okay. Well, we'll be looking for your um, post-production fundraiser coming up in January. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, I feel like you've got this like wealth of information to share. And I'm just wondering, like, if you have any resources that you could recommend. Sure. My my number one has always been Julia Cameron's uh, The Artist Way. I always come back to it. She asks some really good questions and prompts, you know, just make sure that you're valuing your artist and, and checking in with your artistic self, um, because there's a lot of things that can sometimes get in the way, um, other priorities and so forth. So that's my go to. I do love Twyla Tharp's The Creative Habit. It's a fantastic book. Obviously, she's she's one of my favorite choreographers, but her approach to creativity and the honesty with which she writes based on her experience is just it's just it's just a fantastic resource. And I also get Austin Kleon's newsletter, which just has some cool tips. And he's I mean, he works really hard to curate really cool finds and he just puts interesting links to articles and books and um that are just very smart. And I, I really like checking, checking him out too. So I love um, getting turned on to, you know, new ideas, new and inspirations. So thank you so much for that. That's really cool. I also I usually ask people like if they have any mentor or anyone they kind of want to shout out. Sure. Uh, 
the first person that comes to mind is uh, Anne Ranking. Um, she passed last December, unfortunately, uh, but she was a wonderful dancer and teacher and mentor. And she was one of Bob Fosse's big muses. And she was in Annie, the movie musical um, from the early 80s and was also. Yeah, she a, was the she worked for um, Daddy Warbucks, right? Yeah, she was Grace in all that jazz, the, the Fosse film, of course, and then mm -hmm. Mickey and Maude as well. And so I had the privilege of studying with her at what was called the Broadway Theater Project, which she started in Tampa. And I went for two years and I got to learn from her. It was there that I had an opportunity to act in, in a, a comedy um, based on Medea. And it kind of showed me where I, where I needed to go. And she had a wonderful sense of humor. So, and she instilled the importance of doing the work, humility. You know, she would say the joy is in the work. I love that. I just really enjoyed having you on the show today. It was wonderful. It was so great to see you. Like, it's funny, even though I feel like, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like the pandemic has slowed down its impact on my day-to-day -day life, but it's also changed so many things. Like, even though I can see people in person, I feel like we don't. Yeah, I'm definitely like, can that be a Zoom? Yeah, yeah. Can I not drive for an hour and a half to do that? <laughs> that's that's the only thing. I didn't miss driving, you know. So yeah, yeah sometimes. Uh, but you know, I think it is sort of. I think we are supposed to congregate. So yeah, it's true. Well, my my son is in a play right now at the high school, and I just remember, you know, last year it was a big deal because um, the fall play, the kids could wear these like clear masks if they weren't like. A major character but all the major characters could go maskless as long as they had tested now the audience still had to wear masks but like it was such a big deal that we made local news and everything you know oh. and then here we are um they're doing 1984 which like talk about like something appropriately timed nobody's wearing a mask and the audience like they're there if you want to grab them on your way in but you don't have to. And uh, none of the actors are wearing masks there's even on stage kissing you know <laughs> so it's like it's like, oh, we're, I mean, are we back to normal now? I don't know. Time will tell. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I cannot wait to see these upcoming projects. If you want to, um, you know, find out what Jessica's up to, she is on uh, many social media platforms. Um, you are at Jessica Reddish on Instagram, but not on Twitter because like many advertisers uh, who have recently fled that platform, <laughs> uh, Jessica's also not there anymore. But she does have a website that isn't controlled by a questionable gazillionaire. So you can go check her out there at uh, jessicareddish.com. And there's lots of great footage and demo reels and information there if you want to work with her. That is a great way to reach her. So, And we'll drop everything else in the show notes. Um, have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much. Well, that's our show. We hope you loved it. If you did, make sure you're subscribed, tell your friends about it, and why not write us a review? You can find us on Instagram at ThunderTally or go to our website, ThunderTally.com. This show was produced by Bex Francis, edited by me, Aaron Newmeyer. The music was performed and written by Dylan Newmeyer. And our sponsor is Filmcraft LA, so make sure you go check them out. This has been a Thunder Tally Media production.